Welcome back to SoulNet listeners. Today on the pod, we're starting a series of interviews for you to get to know us SoulNet sisters just a little bit better. I'm Dana Bango, and I'm here with Eileen Faircrest. And in today's hot seat, we have Megan Lamam. So let's get interviewing and learning a little bit more about Megan. Hi, Soul Sisters. Great to have you in the hot seat, Meg. First question. Our community knows you as an author, and I'm curious how you moved towards the world of children's literature. Was there like one defining moment or was there lots of experiences that led you down this path? I have always had a love for children's literature. I honestly didn't see the path leading me to writing for children, but I can tell you the moment that it kind of came together. My children were starting in two different schools. Layla was going into grade two and Tark was starting kindergarten. And my mom, who was living independently, had a stroke and it just all happened at the same time. And in that experience, I found myself treading water. Like I was being pulled in all these different directions, caregiving for my young children and my mother, who was in her late seventies at the time. I found myself in a place where I was just overwhelmed and, and I needed to find ways to create joy and Mm. I needed to remember how to self-regulate, how to create joy in times of suffering, how to stay calm in times of stress, how to find courage to go to these new schools with my children and walk the hallways with all these people that I didn't know. And they seemed like their life was so together and I felt like my life was falling apart. So I had to, you know, pull all the courage to, you know, just honestly have smile on my face at that time. Like it was just, I really felt like I was drowning and I was in new spaces. So I didn't have the comfort of, you know, people that knew me and loved me at that time. So I started making time on the calendar for myself and my kids to experience joy, to practice being calm, to remember how to be kind to ourselves and also to show up with courage when life is so hard. And those became my four guiding points, my points on my heart compass for a year. And I brought my kids and my husband along for this journey. And what unfolded was something that was truly magical. It was a practice and we called it our heart compass journey. We would go to joy when we were feeling lost in pain. We would go to calm when we felt overwhelmed by a storm of stress. We would turn to courage when we felt like we were weak. And we would turn to kindness when we felt like the world was not kind. So those four points became our our guiding light posts. And that was where the idea for Your Heart Compass, the children's story, was born out of. Amazing came to me in the shower. That's where I had these creative. They always do. <laughs> I know. This creative burst came to me. Like, I wonder, like it just, the story just kind of came and I thought, I think it was because I was watching my kids 
adopt the practice so easily because they were so little. Mm. And I could see that they were being helped by this tool, which became your heart compass, the story. I wrote this idea down and then I shared the story with a couple of my friends. One of them was a former teacher and she was like, you got to write this book. And it was through that encouragement that I wrote the book. I published it during the pandemic because I was hearing news stories and we were seeing stories of children just suffering, feeling disconnected, feeling isolated. And what was going to happen post-pandemic was we were going to be dealing with children with worry and anxiety and depression and all these things. And I thought, oh my God, I wonder if I could help one child by publishing and putting out this book. And that was it. That was my intention to help one child to follow their heart compass to joy, kindness, courage, and calm when they find themselves in a storm of sadness and stress and anxiety. I love that story so much. Do you feel that you wrote a heart compass from your inner child's experience and viewpoint for other children and other adults' inner child? After I'd written it, that came forward for me. I was so lost as a child, you know, when my mom got sick and my dad left and I ended up being fostered by this really nice family. You guys remember those days. And I think when I wrote it and it came to me in that in the shower that day and this whole, I think it just organically happened for me. And I think I, I received it. Like, I think what happened when I was in that moment with my mom and with my kids, and I was feeling like I was drowning, something in me came forward and reminded me what what we now know is my soul voice. I, I tuned in, I heard the call. It was to make time for joy. It was to remember to be calm. It was to remember that I could do this for myself. And I received the call and I put it into action. And then I think in hindsight, I remember thinking this was the story that I wish I'd had when I was lost as a child. Mm. I, w- I think this came forward in this format, in this form as a children's story, because I was that child that was lost in many storms. It was a gift to your inner child. Your story became the lighthouse that you as a child were looking for and the children that you're writing the book for were able to use this lighthouse of your book. I see it as a lighthouse. Wow. Thank you, Megan. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I'll also add that I love that you started with the family, with yourself and with the family, and that it extended out into this book that was an offering for everybody else, because that's really healing starts at home. Yes. Yeah. Amen, sister. I think that's where I would like to think anyway, that's where the magic comes from, because it came from so deep within my soul that this idea, this book was born actually out of pain. And it was a tool that I used myself and that I shared with my children. And then to share it with others, it just, it's like a gift from the heart. It's like, there is nothing else attached to it. It's just a sharing and offering 
if it resonates for anyone, it's just wonderful. You know, like just, that's it. Yes. Wholeheartedly. Yes. Yeah. So thanks for asking about the book and I have another one coming. So, so do you want to tease us a bit? I mean, maybe we'll get there a little bit later. I can kind of, you know, talk about that later, but so being in the children's lit space, um, just lights me up. Let me just say that. Thanks for sharing the authorship, Meg. I, I think it's beautiful, you know, your intentions behind that and how it really did start with the home for you. In addition to being a published author, Megan is also certified in forest therapy. And I'd love you to share a little more about that because it's kind of an unconventional certification out there. We don't hear that much about it in you know these circles. So um, can you tell us a bit about it? And wh- how did that come to be? What led you down the forest therapy guide path? I'm going to sound you know kind of woo-woo, but I've been listening in more and more to the calls that come and, and forest therapy guiding was yet another call. Uh, that came to me during the pandemic. We were all disconnected. We were all isolated. We had like a bubble of six people that we were allowed to see. And like three of those were like in my house. So I felt really <laughs> disconnected from my friends and from the world and connection, as you guys know, is, is, is what I'm all about. So I started walking in the forest and it was like I came alive. There was so much uncertainty and stress and fear gripping the world. And I was feeling that too. But then when I went into the forest and I would walk by myself, I felt totally connected, not alone. I had this really beautiful time and experience. And I just felt renewed. And what I came to realize in that experience was that I was reminded that nature is alive and that there are so many beings around us in nature that I just felt so connected. And so that experience was truly something special. But then as the universe would you know, offer me. I was listening to CBC radio one day and there was a, a forest therapy guy that was being interviewed. Good old CBC. Oh, I know. <laughs> Shout out to CBC. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, all I knew is that I was feeling really renewed and replenished and rejuvenated and connected in nature. That's what I knew. But when I heard this forest therapy guide interviewed, it was like he was speaking my language and I felt like... <laughs> I felt like I was doing for myself what he was doing as a guide for others and that he was offering these forest walks and these invitations for people to connect deeply with nature. Mm. And I was like, that was it. I got on my computer. I Googled forest therapy. I, I researched it for a week. I found <laughs> an association in the U.S. that certifies these guides and I signed up. Like I was like, this is my next calling. <laughs> and so I worked on it for a year. I went to class every week and we it was all online and I learned and I practiced how to be a forest therapy guide. And Oh my gosh, it's my new favorite thing. 
And my forest therapy guiding has inspired my next children's book, which is called Nature is My Friend. Oh, lovely. So good. I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about forest therapy as well and happy to just give a little, you know, background around that for those that don't know what it is. It's actually like really the forest is is the therapist and the guide opens the doors for participants to just have a sensory immersion with nature. It's really a practice of presence and mm-hmm. You know, we, we kick off a forest therapy walk with a meditation, really ground, getting, you know, kind of grounded and connected with the land. And then there's a series of invitations to connect and activate uh, your senses. So listening deeply to nature, touching nature, tasting nature, and it's really quiet. It's really slow. And over about a few hours, we really just deeply connect with the land and the beings on the land. And it's just a, it's a practice of presence and reciprocity, and it's just very restorative. So yeah, that's a really quick intro to it. I have been fortunate enough to be on a guided uh, journey with Megan, and it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, so thank you for um, allowing me to be part of that. And um, anyone else that gets to the opportunity to go with you, it's just a beautiful experience and a great way to slow down and rest and digest. Yeah, that's it. So thanks for asking about it. Well, anyone who's ever hugged a tree knows how great that can be. (laughs) It's actually pretty spectacular. Again, as, you know, hippie-ish as that sounds, there is absolutely an energy exchange and they help us heal. They do. Megan, when you guide people on your forest bathing walks, do you see them connecting with nature as an entity, like nature as a being? Because I'm curious what that's like for you when you see that happening. What do you notice in their nervous systems? When I witness other people experience deep connection with nature, I, I, I feel one thing. I feel so deeply grateful for the sharing for being in the space, for receiving the energy of that connection. So, you know, one of the things about forest therapy walks is that if we do it in a small group, we, we all receive the energy Mm. of connection. It's powerful. And I think it leaves many people it very much for me, it leaves us with a sense of gratitude for, for being alive. Yeah. Wow. That reminds me of Joseph Campbell's saying, um, it's not the meaning of life that we seek so much as the feeling of being alive, the feeling of being alive. Mm. That really captures your, yeah. what you share with people, Megan. Wow. Yeah. It's almost like a mini hero's journey. It's like a three hour (laughs) hero's journey and you get to step out of, you know, the social climate (laughs) and into the feeling of being alive. 
I would love, Megan, for you to share with our listeners how writing as a tool has been not only a part of your healing process, but a feeling alive experience for you from your from your past and inspiring you for your present and future? Oh, that's such a good question because writing is one of my you know greatest forms of creativity. I think that poetry, I don't share a lot of my poetry, but I do write a lot of poetry. And that for me is like my, I find a way of allowing my feelings, my soul voice, whether it's joy, whether it's pain, I find that that expression for me, writing, writing it down, it is my release. And poetry, I find to be probably the most soothing. Like once I release it and it's out of my my system, it feels ah, oh, like it just feels like almost like shavasana for me. Has it been a direct line of communication to discover your authentic self? I would say yes, for sure it has. Um, but what? I think there's always been that line. It's just that I, I probably, I just didn't allow it to come out until I was so much older. Mm. We all have that direct line, whether it's through words or writing or singing or dancing or however the, you know, the movement or the expression comes out, we have this line, but it's just a matter of giving it permission, you know, to come out. To be expressed. Absolutely. Yeah. And ironically, your children's books have given you permission. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They have. Yeah. I was so grateful to share. So as one of our favorite 90s bands used to say, let's keep on moving. And we're going to go into some rapid fire soul to soul question and answer now for Megan. Here we go. Favorite way to decompress? Oh, walking in the woods. Called that one. Yeah, yeah. I know. No big surprise there. <laughs> what song best describes you? Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't know that. Oh <laughs> I, I feel everything, people, all day long. It's exhausting. <laughs> the life of an empath. <laughs> yeah, I've got soul to soul in my mind, though. I've got, I've got keep on moving in my head. <laughs> That's a good mantra, too. Number four in our rapid fire, which book do you own that is dog-eared or bookmarked the most? The one that's dog-eared the most and like highlighted is probably Women Who Run With the Wolves mm. by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Estes. Amazing book. That is like a Bible for me. That, that I didn't actually understand that book until I was in my 40s. I think I refer back to that book more than any other book. Oh, it's so powerful. Like that was the book that introduced me to the divine feminine and the divine yeah. masculine. That book. Yeah. That's been my like text for that. Can you share with us one way that you prepare for our SoulNet podcasts? Oh, I have my coffee and I also do like a little heart opener meditation. Very nice. And when I don't, you're going to know it because I, I don't show up. I don't show up. I, I arrive all, you know, discombobulated and you know what that looks like. So on a good day, I show up having had my coffee and having done a heart opener, like just a five minute little meditation. 
So one final question for you, Megan, and what called you to create SoulNet and this intentional community with us? Oh my gosh, that was another calling. I think it was Eilina. She called me. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Ring, 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 ring. (laughs) In all seriousness, I think why I felt so called to do this with you guys was we connected during the pandemic. I, I just felt when we were sharing our stories and our fears. And I think what I felt was so lifted and heard and seen in this space. And the thought that maybe there's other people out there who feel, you know, like the world is so shitty sometimes and heavy and horrible. So the idea of being able to extend our friendship, our love, our light beyond just the three of us, again, just to one other person, one other listener, that was it. Because you guys gave that to me and I was feeling it. And I thought, oh my God, if other people could just feel a part of this network of love, this soulful space, then maybe we don't feel so alone. Thank you, Megan, for letting us into your heart just a little bit today. And that beautiful share on your intentions for coming together in this soul space that we are creating together here. Thank you, Megan. You know, in the spirit of sisterhood, I feel grateful that you share an activity, like a service that helps people reconnect their relationship with nature. Imagine us all back in high school, having something like a forest bathing walk be available to mentor our younger self. Can you imagine helping our younger selves with all the big feels and pressures of adolescence? How amazing that would have been. I'm so grateful for you, Megan. Thank you. Love you guys. This interview series has been so insightful to share our soul journeys. And next up, we're going to have Dana. So stay tuned, Soul Pod community, to get to know our soul sister, Dana. Thanks for listening into SoulNet, everybody. If you liked what you heard here today on the podcast, please follow, like, and share. If you have topics you'd like us to cover here on the net, email us at soulnetsisters at gmail.com.